Romanos motel room. I guess I've already told you about my condition. Oh, well, only every time I see you. It's my memory. Amnesia. No, 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 no. It's different from that. I have no short-term memory. I know who I am. I know all about myself. I just... Since my injury, I can't make new memories. Everything fades. I've told you this before, haven't I? What's the last thing that you do remember? My wife. out there on the internet welcome to culture lust episode 24 i'm your host chris joined as always by my trusty companions james what's up guys and jones hey what's going on today i don't want to say is special day but today is different because today we're talking about the 2000 movie memento which easily ranks up there among the most popular movies we've reviewed to date. So as IMDb says, a man juggles searching for his wife's murderer and keeping his short-term memory loss from becoming an obstacle. Now, I personally feel that's a criminally simple uh, breakdown of what's a very complicated movie. Uh, I know we all probably have a lot of opinions on this. Uh, has anyone, has either of you guys not seen this movie prior to Culture Lust? No, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, several, I've seen it a few times. times. Yeah. I've owned it exactly. for a while. Came out in 2000. Oh yeah, you too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the second movie next to, right after Freddy in the Sky that I didn't watch on Netflix. I actually just went to my DVD case and pulled it out and watched it off that. So this movie has a very, very interesting beginning. And Jones, I'm very curious to hear uh, what you had, you know, what you thought watching this movie. I, th I think this is the kind of film that we can dissect in two ways, both as a reviewers, as critics, kind of looking at it with a different eye. And also, what was this movie like the first time you experienced it? Because it is definitely an experience. <laughs> The first time I experienced it was I was 13, so I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but I do know that this time watching it, I'm a smart person, and I still don't know what the fuck is going on. No, uh, I, I enjoyed, I really loved this movie the first time because it, the, Christopher Nolan doesn't really do a whole lot of spoon feeding. But what he does is he like perfectly lines things out it's confusing at first and eventually you understand it and i understood it at the age of 13 um and i'm glad to talk about it finally so. yeah i agree it's uh god it's been 17 years since this thing came <laughs> right. out so i was just a wee lad and um i don't think i was able to fully appreciate it you know until now or at least until I aged a bit and I could appreciate the subtleties that was brought in and introduced and really seeing how, I guess, the perceived or implied 
uh, character growth or change that Guy Pierce's character went through. It was it was pretty cool, man. And uh, movies like this make me uh, I don't even know what the what the word would be. Not really envious or jealous. I guess just um, upset <laughs> that I can't experience it for the first time. Like I you know I knew that there was a twist and all this stuff being added. And I knew the movie was being you know done in a certain timeline and stuff. So I just found myself anxious because I was like, oh, let's get to the good stuff already. You know, um, while when you experience something like this for the first time, you're just kind of, Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, like in awe. So it, it makes me wish I could go back and watch it for the very first time again. I second that completely. I was 19. I think when I first saw this movie, a uh, little older, still just as stupid. <laughs> um, but it really, it, it felt to me like I really wasn't watching it so much as it was just dragging me along this story that it was telling. Right. I was not an active participant in what was going on. I was just there and it was happening and I absolutely loved it. Watching it again, I kind of have to just quote you directly, James. Uh, I appreciated a lot more of the subtlety and the little nuances that were inserted into this film that I just didn't get upon first viewing. And I think that really sets it apart from a lot of other movies that have that twist mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff is you can watch the movie over again because it is just a compelling, interesting movie. It's not just based around that, that hook. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. You know, so, so this movie, uh, which by the way, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, but it's a 17-year-old movie, and if you're listening to a podcast about a 17-year-old movie with some twists in it, and you haven't seen the movie yet, then I'm sorry, you kind of deserve the spoilers. Don't get mad at me. I know somebody who hasn't seen st- Jaws, to be fair. Hey. Right. And I quote, well, I don't like the ocean, so I haven't seen it. What? Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> when I asked them why they hadn't seen Jaws. So. <laughs> oh, man. I yeah. they would miss the entire intro. They wouldn't understand what the intro yeah, they to the they wouldn't get it. Anthony C. Fronte interview. Yeah. But, uh, but this movie starts really subtly. And and that's kind of the thing about this movie is there's very little I don't want to say noise because there are parts in this movie that get a little bit loud, but everything in this movie is so understated including the the very opening scenes where where it's just a picture going backwards it's just it's it's very impactful the movie the, the music the ambience the the whole mood that the beginning of this movie sets i think it, it instantly drew me in a second time well the fifth or sixth time depending on on you know how many times I've actually seen this movie, but it's still the the beginning of this movie. The first like five minutes never fails to just draw me in, and I it's one of the few movies that I can't do anything else while I'm watching. I have to just sit and just watch the whole thing without any side distractions. So James, again, apparently you you know so you've seen this movie before. You know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the first five minutes when you fire this movie up. So, like I said, man, it's it's hard not to 
have all the previous viewings in my head, you know? So as I'm watching it, I, I know where it's going. I know how it's playing out. So I guess more or less, I was looking at it from like a reviewer standpoint. So I was kind of just examining, you know, Jones, it's got narration in it, bro. Your favorite. <laughs> and oh, yes. um, this movie's very narrative heavy, narration yeah. heavy. But I just like how they leave the viewer going, what the fuck? You know, like, because <laughs> it's him talking about waking up. I mean, he's got this photo that's in reverse and then. He wakes up and he describes his scene like, oh, I'm, I'm in a hotel room. Is it my hotel room? Blah, 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 blah. And you're just, you get the sense of like, what the fuck? Also with the character, like trying to figure out what's going on. So I thought that was kind of cool in terms of you're already sharing this character's journey with him, so to speak, just right off the bat. Uh, I just, I don't know. It was hard for me not to get excited for like the cool stuff, you know, <laughs> like I'm just waiting, waiting for this stuff to happen. But I've always liked Guy Pierce. Uh, I wish he was still doing stuff that I was seeing. I haven't seen him in anything in a minute. So, yeah, man, I, I, I like this movie a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, James nailed it. So, like, anxiety is the, the best way to explain it. I, I We right? know what's going to happen, but it's like, ah, it like crawls under my skin knowing that the whole this whole thing is already determined. Like I already know what's going to happen, but it still bothers me. And that's, that's what's amazing about this movie is, yeah, I haven't seen it the first time, but each time you watch it, uh, there's like a different experience. So knowing that it was him that OD'd his wife on insulin and it was, it was just, I mean, it was very hard to watch, but that's what makes us such a, entertaining is that entertaining i don't understand why i like it so much, intriguing intriguing like uh, yeah. yeah so i always describe this as it's a murder mystery that has the murder happen within the first five minutes and totally gives you gives you the answers to who but killed not who. the murder you th- you think exactly yeah. like <laughs> it's so it's just it's weird man it's it's good yeah and it yeah i i it just it catches you off guard in a sense yeah in the opening it goes title sequence and then opening scene, there's no mm-hmm. like it just jumps right into the movie. It jumps right into the interview or the, the the first thing, and it just jumps in there. And you know how the movie ends. <laughs> there's yeah. no question. And exactly, and it it, it doesn't fuck around so with it. And I love that. It was so amazing. Right. And I was gonna add, it's so startling because that opening scene is someone getting shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's like that. That's. Not just somebody, I, like one of my favorite actors, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention him as well. Yeah, he's a, he's one of my favorites as, as well. I can never say his name. It's like... Pantoliano, I think. Pantoliano. I'm not Italian enough. I said it right. I may have acted. And he got this role because Carrie Ann Moss said, this guy's good. I saw him in The Matrix. So bring him over. Oh, a year later. On this movie. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it was not my, I didn't break that news. It was on IMDb, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we've all three pretty much universally loved this movie, but let's be honest. No movie is perfect. And before we just instantly get into the specific finer things that we, we enjoyed, 
Anybody have any negatives or anything that they didn't really care as much for on repeated viewing? Uh, How about you, James? Yeah, I was asked if I, if I could start, because um, one thing that's always not really bothered me... Okay, yeah, I guess it's bothered me, is I just feel like they don't really close the loop very well on the whole Natalie and uh, Lenny storyline. You know? Um, so he kills, he kills her boyfriend... Because is it his John G? He's made to believe so. Obviously, Teddy, aka the other John G, is a somewhat crooked cop who's trying to make a dime. And then, but what was Carrie and Ma, or Natalie's bid on it? Because she didn't really seem too upset that, uh, you know, boyfriend's gone. And then she's like in bed with the guy later. And and then what's the what's the significance of um god what was his name dodd right uh is where is he in the in the chain of drug dealer drug supplier natalie you know what i mean like they they just didn't close that up very well i feel like granted it wasn't the primary story but it's just something i've always thought about that's that's probably my biggest complaint and then i i don't know i like once once the whole revelation takes place and you know, the Teddy, the the detective or cop assigned to his case and stuff, speaks out about how like, oh, you know, you weren't you forgot about the the time you actually got. I'm like, it makes you wonder like how many how many John G's is this guy taking out? Like, is he serial killer status now? Like, what are we looking at? <laughs> and it just it would have been interesting to have a little bit more expose on that whole thing too. Yeah, it did feel like they left a lot out. Yeah, this, this movie does not tie all the loose ends up in a in a nice neat little bow. Yeah, because there's even the scene where he's laying in bed with his wife and he has the tattoo over his heart, you know, saying like "You've done it," and you know that tattoo doesn't show up anywhere else in the movie. Yet towards the end, you know, you're supposed to believe that he's already killed John G multiple times, supposedly. So like, why is the tattoo not there? Was that just a, an imagination or was that a dream? You know, like it's just right, right, right. some unanswered things. I, I think they left a lot open to interpretation. Well, I need answers, part- Christopher Nolan. Why the fuck don't you have a Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> and part of me likes that because, you know, as you mentioned, Christopher Nolan doesn't spoon feed. And yeah. I like that. I enjoy that. I enjoy movies that you can talk about and you can discuss and you can have different interpretations. But there does reach a certain level where you're just sort of like, okay, am I watching a movie that's telling a story or am I watching something that's just basically broadly conceptualizing the idea of a story that might get told at some point in history? We're going to have a movie come feel... out like 10 years later called The Polaroid Killer, and it's going to be about all the John G's he took out. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really cool, that though, honestly. That would be fantastic, <laughs> yes. Can we do that? He's the hardest serial killer to catch because he doesn't remember anything. <laughs> well, they don't They don't own wow. the, the rights to uh, interrogate amnesia, so we could, we could yeah. pull it off. I'm saying that is, fan- that is a fantastic idea. That is an amazing idea. But... Uh... But yeah, that's that's what I mean. Is like I think some of the bits kind of come off a little too vague about how he. When we get to the story, the pieces are already 
set on the chessboard. There's, they've already been moved. The game has already been, been being played for so long that we're only seeing just a few of the, the ending moves before they reset, you know, apparently reset and start the game all over again. So I'm curious as to where certain moves got made and how can even this cop have this guy going around killing all these people and nobody right. goes, uh, something might be wrong here. Yeah. Also, why isn't the cop ever at work? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's always Does hanging he out with yeah, Lenny. Is he on his off days? I mean, is he off? Is he off duty? Is he I just doing know. this on his own time? Maybe. Um, and it just, like I said, there's just certain things that just don't make sense. And it's not stuff that, oh, you're supposed to interpret, but it's like, it's literally stuff that is just left out that I kind of have to wonder about. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Lenny is a cop, but he's apparently set up a drug dealer with this guy, Jimmy. Because that, why else would he show up to some abandoned house in the middle of no, or some abandoned building in the middle of nowhere with 200 grand? Looking for Lenny or Teddy, Teddy, sorry, Teddy, Teddy, Lenny, same thing. Um, so that that's kind of one of the few, few things that I would say that really kind of bothered me. Some aspects just felt a little too vague and, you know, it all, it all seems really, really fantastical, even though it's, it's grounded in or the real world and. Uh, from what I've read, apparently it's one of the most accurate depictions of, uh, what was that again? How do you, enterograde amnesia, mm -hmm. uh, ever put the film. So, you know, it, it, it does a lot of great, great things. Just, I don't know. Like I said, it's, uh, that's just kind of something that I, I noticed uh, really only this time around, um, because I never really bothered to look at anything like that. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you, Jones. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna agree with you guys. So there's this there's this interview out there where um uh someone's asking Christopher Nolan how he came up with the idea. And basically his brother Jonathan Jonathan Nolan, who is kind of the unsung hero in any Christopher Nolan film, like he's he's like the main reason a lot of these movies are pretty good. Um, but Jonathan Nolan wrote a short story and it wasn't published until this movie came out and the short, this was the short story and, and Christopher Nolan's like, sure, let's make it into a movie. And this is a very hard thing to deal with, you know, weird timelines and the, the interviews out there, go check it out. It, he explains how he came up with the, the, the story structure and like, he calls it like a hairpin. It's not like a timeline. It's like the timeline goes and then it warps upward and then comes back to itself and then it alternates over back and forth. It's really complicated. And quite honestly, it's really hard to tell a story that way from, uh, you know, you push play on a movie and the movie ends at a certain time. It's hard. It's hard to convert that weird timeline into just an actual timeline of someone sitting down watching a movie. So, yeah, I agree. There are some things that just you couldn't you can't explain like they're like the, the Carrie Ann Moss's character. I think the main thing for her was that she, she was just there using him. She realized that she could use him and whatever, but this movie was about a lot about her and his relationship. So 
I agree. They just kind of didn't close the loop on that. And that's kind of a big problem that I had. Believe it or not, I didn't dislike the narration because it actually, it actually worked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, it's, where am I? What am I doing? Why is this guy chasing me? Oh. Yeah. I love how he gained, I I don't know if you want to call it consciousness or just awareness, like mid stride. Like, how do you forget what you were doing while running? (laughs) Right. And then I obviously don't have amnesia. Maybe I do. Who knows? But that I imagine that that's what it would feel like. You know, he's, he's in this foot chase and this, he thinks he's chasing a guy, but actually finds out he's being chased, but he's like super calm about it. So he's, he's really cognizant. And, and I had some like issues with like editing. There was like some, some parts where Teddy was talking, but his lips weren't moving. And like, Mm, I didn't um, even notice that just like little things, but you got to remember this movie had like a $9 million budget. And even in 2000, that mm. was nothing like it's crazy. And, uh, they shot in 25 days and like, it, it was an independent film and it, it blew up. And this is like one of the first things that drove Christopher Nolan. And so, yeah, I mean, there's some things I didn't like about it and it wasn't a perfect movie and timelines are very like my big thing that I like to stay away from and narration and stuff. But, but overall, I mean, I didn't dislike this movie. I, I actually really liked this movie a lot. That's all I got. I don't really have. I tried to be negative, but I just can't. <laughs> so then I present a question, and I want each of your guys' opinions. So when the shot that shows Teddy's driver's license, right? Mm-hmm. And this popped up in a lot of different trivia, and I'm sure you guys probably know exactly what I'm going to ask. But it says the expiration of his license. It says his license expires in uh, February 29th. 2001. 2001's not a leap year. There is no 2000. There is no 229-2001. Now, there's actually, amazingly enough, been a lot of deliberation about that, 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 that scene, that shot. Do you think that was deliberate to add to the sort of what's factual, what's not sort of vibe? Or do you think that was just a little goof that somebody made while printing out a fake uh, driver's license. I think it was intentional. I think it was like a some weird thing, like pre inception, the top still spins kind of thing. Like I think it was just, <laughs> I think it was him thinking he was clever and it didn't pay out the way he wanted it to. That's I honestly think that's what it, I thought it was intentional, but that's what I think. I gotta say honestly, I don't really have an opinion on that. I did not <laughs> catch that, nor do I think it's relevant to anything yeah. that was taking place because. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That would mean that Natalie or whoever's Natalie's contact is at the DMV had to forge that and make that up. And what purpose would that serve? Or, you know, because the dude's name really was a John G. You know, he said that himself. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know what implication that would have or even significance on the outcome of things. Right. Oh, I don't I don't either, but that's yeah. why I ask because it gets I'm, brought up a lot. Like I'd be every, curious to see what the the ether has to say about that and why they Oh, every all the conspirators out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every blog or review or anything deconstructing this this movie has all mentioned that and they all have like like it's a thing, like it's a Yeah. No, like, it's nothing. Yeah, it's, which it's is probably just some yeah. clever. <laughs> oh, you know what would be funny is if we put the leap year. Like I, I, I bet it's literally nothing, but it was intentional. 
or they could have just been with whatever you know photoshop type program they were using then yeah. to make the fake the the graphic the printout and they're just got ah, 229 whatever yeah this this was the you year know. of y2k so who knows man yeah oh i know i know no oh, don't feed so into weird. it dude <laughs> <laughs> i i promise i am not a conspirator <laughs> flat earth bro so <laughs> <laughs> So the number one thing about this movie that I think continues to draw me in and entertain me, or at least captivate me, no matter how many times I watch it, happens to be the cast. As small and intimate as you know the players in this movie were, I don't know. I really thought that every single one of them, especially the three leads... Guy Pierce, Carrie Ann Moss, and Joe Pantoliano did absolutely fantastic in their respective roles. Like I, I really didn't appreciate Carrie Ann Moss's performance until the most recent viewing, because she does a fantastic job of playing the pitiful, you know, damsel in distress, and then immediately turning, uh, you know, just going in a one eighty. And being the manipulative, vindictive sociopath. She's the only one that really seems like she is playing Lenny completely through and through. Well, you know, Teddy, Teddy, as he says, because he was making he says money he's off like, of it. And exactly, but but and he's Bert still people, also. Yeah. Well, no, no, I was gonna say, I, don't forget about Bert, man. That guy. Gave Leonard, like, what, come on four now. rooms at the hotel? <laughs> <laughs> two. Two. Come on now. No, no, I mean, me. even... The thing is, even Teddy is still kind of just helping out Lenny. It's a pretty macabre and twisted way. And yeah, he's getting, you know, money out of it as well. But in a weird sort of way, he's not just manipulating Lenny to do what he wants him to do. Whereas Natalie is... Possibly, quite probably, I think, motivated by revenge. Because she knows something's up, and all of a sudden, you know, her boyfriend goes off to meet some guy, and then all of a sudden, some random-ass dude just pulls up at her bar, the bar that she works at, driving her boyfriend's car in her boyfriend's clothes. But she didn't even seem really all that affected by it, you know what I mean? That threw me off, too. Like She was just like, oh, sorry, and then went into the bar and spit in his beer, like... I don't know. See, I like that fact because she admits that her that uh, Jimmy and her, presumably, they operate in a pretty, you know, shady, you know, section of of society. So if Jimmy had just gone off and disappeared, she probably would have suspected why. So I think she was more curious than heartbroken. Yeah. And then when she started learning more about, like, what happened? What's going on? You know, she could freak out and start yelling at this guy, but this guy is so off. Why are you here? I don't know. Well, uh, what are you doing? I don't know. Wait, what? You know, that's so disarming because she approaches him and he's just like, yeah, I don't know why I'm here. Don't know what I'm doing here. Don't know this place. Never been here. Don't remember anything. I'd be a little curious, too. 
But uh, but still, still, I think just the cast performs spectacularly because this is just kind of one of those movies that if you had subpar performances from from even Bert, even if Bert had a bad actor, the whole thing I think could have could have just crumbled because yeah, I agree it would have had a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And when you're going, when you're making a movie that has that is so you know avant garde and so out there with its concept. One little thing can make can just unravel the entire project. So that to me was huge. I thought that was big. Um, there wasn't a single character or actor in this movie that I didn't like to see on screen. As terrible as they could have, as they as you know, terrible people. As let's be honest, everyone in this movie is a terrible person, except for his wife. Right. Well, I mean, she. Yeah. I mean, she was down and whatever, but she pretty much committed suicide by yeah by husband. The cr- so they said that she didn't die, right? She just went to like a coma. Initial no, no, she went. Oh yeah, she went to a coma, but yeah, that's true. So that's another thing that you know we're going back to loose ends. I wonder is did he just choose to forget? I know, I, like, knowing Christopher Nolan, I know that. I know him personally. We had lunch yesterday, so. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But knowing knowing how he is and how he makes movies, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter oh. if his wife was alive <laughs> or not. No, like the whole yeah. point was, you know, he he got he actually got vengeance on the guy who you know initially right. raped and gave him gave him the amnesia and whatever. The whole point was that he when was he gonna stop? What like. He was just going to be stuck in this loop. And it doesn't matter if his wife was alive because he couldn't yeah. remember anyway. Because we, we we can sit here and talk about how everything in this movie was great. So I won't do that. So the cast and their performances was what I'm going to hang my hat on as my positive. So, James, uh, we've got about, what, 40 more minutes of this podcast? You want to fill it up with talking about how much you like this movie? <laughs> so... The angle I'm going to go at is, you know, Jones is, well, one, he's best friends with Christopher Nolan, and mm-hmm. Nolan is a bit of a uh, film wizard with, I don't know, I'm still, every time I hear Nolan's name, all I think is Dunkirk, and then I get all excited, and then now I get sad because it's not out yet on Blu-ray. But um, <laughs> the angle I'm going to go with on this is the emotional impact that this film had on me because you know i i i'm not afraid to say like when something affects me or makes me sad and i even cry, i cried during 300 cried during troy anyway troy? uh yeah troy uh, don't kill brad pitt he's my boy anyway yeah, that shows, that's the whole story no whatever i knew the spartans were gonna die too i mean yeah. come on <laughs> so uh there's just some some lines, some scenes, some dialogue that really stuck out to me that had an emotional impact. Because this movie did a really good job of making you feel really bad for him. At least for me, anyway. Like, even knowing that he's this fucking psychopathic serial killer, the Polaroid Slayer, whatever we're going to call him. Uh, you feel bad for him because he's, you know, he's con- he spends every day having to rediscover... That you know his his wife's killed and that she was raped and he's trying to find the guy and he's on this 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 quest so to speak out for vengeance and stuff so you feel bad for his existence like it's I don't want I guess it's pity in a way 
because uh, that would suck, man, to have to wake up every single day and like re-remember all this stuff or try and put the pieces together and your life's just somewhat chaotic because you you don't have any rhyme or reason but you have a purpose you know and uh i felt bad for him in that sense and there's just when he's talking about uh not knowing how long he's been alone like that's a pretty powerful concept because he's aware that he's alone because he has to wake up and realize that his wife's not in bed with him and then he remembers oh yeah shit she was murdered and then but he doesn't know how long ago it was so like him sitting there pondering like have I been alone for 10 years? Have I been alone for 10 days? Like that's, that was pretty crazy to me. Like to think about that and really go in depth on that. And then of course the whole paying an escort. Well, first off you can look up escorts in the yellow pages. I did not know this. This that is was interesting. A, that was a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the yellow pages, boom, escorts yeah. right there. And you know, of course they named themselves Amazon escorts. So that's the old yellow pages trick is you always go with an A name. So you're at the top of the list. But uh, I, I thought that was pretty you know funny. That shit? My mom used to yeah. do yellow page ads. Like she was a sales person, whatever. I did not. Ex- so. I thought that was going somewhere else. That they were going to disclose <laughs> way too much about your mom. Thank God. We'll only be disclosing things about your mom. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to hire an escort just so that he can have her lay a brush out and a clock yeah, and just kind of recreate waking up with his wife at home sort of thing. Yeah. Like the last night he remembers with her, like that in itself was pretty fucking saddening. And it, you know, like the first time you see this, you're just like, man, I feel for this guy. Mm-hmm. But now looking back on it, I'm just like, eh, I don't know, man. That, that's just, I guess that's the, the logical issues you run into. Cause he kept saying how, um, Sammy Jenkins couldn't condition, you know, he couldn't learn or remember through conditioning, but I can. can. Well, then if you've been killing people with Teddy this whole time, I really feel like, you know, who the fuck he is by now, or at least, you know, have a spark. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, he convinced himself that he was able to condition himself and, and change the way he creates new memory, even though he can't create, like, I agree, but I feel like he, um, he definitely thought he could do a lot more than he could. Perhaps, yeah, and and maybe it was all part of his internal narrative. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, it's you definitely feel for the guy. You know, he uh, the the whole concept of being lonely and not knowing how long he's been alone, trying to he says that he can't heal. Also, as a part of that, because you know they always say time is the best healer for things, and you'll get over it through time and this and that, and make, time makes grief easier. He can't even really go through the five stages of grief, you know, if you think about it. Can't even go through time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... So, I, I thought that was really cool, and it was probably my favorite aspect of the movie, is they made me feel for a character who was a scumbag. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 it, man. That's, that's probably my favorite aspect. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, for me, you know... So... S- I'm going to quote, Sammy wrote himself a bunch of messages and then he got them all mixed up. And then he's basically saying, but I don't do that. And of course he ended up doing that, you know, and then like other people use it against him and people recognize, Oh wait, this guy, he's got tattoos and he's got these pictures, but there's nothing written on him. If I write something on it in his handwriting, he may, you know I mean? Like, and I'm sure there was a lot more that happened because like Teddy said, this is the second guy. So I'm sure that this isn't the first time he was used. And I thought oh, it was yeah. I thought it was a really interesting 
I mean, yeah, fucking depressing and it sucked. I felt for him, but I thought it was a really interesting concept. Like, you know, you've got this shitty cop and this, this bartender. I don't even know if she's a bartender. She could have just showed up one day. Uh, I just, I just loved how, how I feel so bad saying this. I loved how people used him and (laughs) (laughs) were able to like exploit him and, and, you know, go outside after they get hit in the face and come back in and say, Oh, he just, my boyfriend just hit me. Go like, it was just, it was very clever. Like it was a really clever thing. And you don't see stuff like that anymore. That was like one of my major things. Um, you know, and then it jumps right into it. It, The narration worked because there were the the cutscenes when it went to black and white, it was cut kind of like an interview, you know, but it was, Pretty sure it was Teddy he was talking to on the phone. Um, yeah, they never really explained it, but you just had to assume that. Right, but they cleverly cut that so that you can kind of understand what's going. They were able to tell the narrative without spoon spoon feeding it to you, and it was a very correct way to use narration. Yeah, so it, to me, it felt episodic almost. Yeah, you know, yeah, like totally. you're you're just moving on to the next episode in the story, and I thought Slowly that was really revealing cool. more and more about what actually happened. Yeah, because each each little scene had a pretty like if you were to stand each scene up on its own and just make it like a you know entered into a one minute film festival or something like that like they're all pretty good. Yeah, totally. And I have like crazy ADD, so like this movie one you know it it was one of the first movies to inspire me to like tell a story. The mm. only problem with starting a project like this is hey, did you guys see that new Star Wars trailer? No, nah, I don't watch trailers, homie. No, I was just showing you my ADD. Anyway, so... Oh, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out? Anyway, but the point is, is that I, I have, like, I've always wanted to make, like, a uh, a perspective of, like, different, you know, ADD, amnesia, um, depression, things like that. Just kind of like a POV thing to just kind of mm-hmm. show, to demonstrate what it would feel like to live this way. And this movie, it's one of the rare movies that actually kind of encapsulates... Uh, what it would feel like, you know, you, it, it feels like waking up mid sentence and then somebody's like, yeah, you already told me you've got a condition. I understand. Yeah. I've heard about Sammy. Um, and it, it just, I've always wanted to make a story like that, but I got a while to go before that. But, but yeah, I mean this, I, I love this movie because it was so, <laughs> I mean, original really. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't think of another movie that was structured this way. So much. I mean, I'm sure there's other movies out there that came out before, maybe, but I, I can't think of a movie that was structured this way and told a story that at the end I understood what happened. And really good movie. So, from the first time you watched this movie to the most recent time, did anything change? You know, this is a kind of a strange movie to to ask this question about given its, you know, unique perspective. But did anything else change for you, uh, James? Like uh, when you're, when you're watching this movie on repeat viewings, yeah, especially as you know, we just, mentioned is with the eye of a reviewer. Yeah. There's just some subtleties that I picked up on more and uh, later came to appreciate. So, you know, he's, he's driving this Jaguar throughout the whole, movie well for 90 percent of the movie and 
it always seems like Teddy's trying to get it from him, you know, because he, he's almost trying to capitalize on his memory loss in terms of, oh, no, that's not your car. This is your car, blah, blah, blah. He shows, you know, but he's got the picture. He's like, ah, nice try. And he just, you just kind of feel like Teddy's trying to swindle him out of a Jaguar. But then, you know, looking back on it, he like took the car of a drug dealer that he just murdered. Right. <laughs> He's driving it around town. And then you realize like the significance of Teddy trying to get the car from him. It's not just to have it. It's to fucking cover his tracks because well, he just committed a crime. However much money was in the $200,000 yeah. in the back. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like picking up on that and it just it just makes me laugh now with all the multiple viewings because the whole time, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in that situation and I'm just thinking like, yeah, bro, like I'd be pushing really hard to get that literal evidence out of the guy's hands who doesn't remember anything and is possibly really reckless. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just That's not the most subtle of vehicles, even in uh, presumably Los Angeles. Right. Like. Just driving around this drag. <laughs> yeah. And it's dusty as fuck, too. That bothered me. It was always dirty. <laughs> just like, wash your fucking car, dude. You couldn't but, remember. Uh, yeah. So you, so you did buy this movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I own it. Yeah. How about you, Jones? Do you, did you buy it, too? I've owned it at one point. You own but it? I don't know if I have okay. it in my collection right now, but I, I think I had it on VHS, honestly, because it was out. Oh, wow. It, All right, you fucking hipster, Jesus! Not that I just bought it in VHS. Like DVDs were expensive early two thousands, man. I couldn't afford it. So is is VHS gonna eventually be to movies what vinyl is no. to music? Just all these VHS shops are gonna pop up and no, they're gonna have like yeah. VCR bars and stuff. Because <laughs> the tape in a VHS does not last nearly as long as vinyl. That shit would just deteriorate. Matter. Well, then what we got to do is you, you put a flash drive within a VHS cassette so it just looks like a VHS, but really you're just playing, it's a digital copy still. And there you so go. Like, for the ultimate. Like we're going to eventually get a special special VHS edition of Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Did you know, and I didn't know this until yesterday, but apparently the special edition DVD of Memento has uh, the movie in chronological order. Oh, wow. Mm. I didn't know that. But you have to play a bunch of mini games on the DVD and complete a bunch of, like, memory, like, games and tasks and stuff like that to Whoa. unlock it. Sounds like work. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little less impressive now because uh, DVD remote is I know, not I'll, the best. All I know is I know exactly what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> It would take me less time to take the full movie and edit it in chronological order and then just watch it. Well, how deep? <laughs> really? Yeah, it that's, wouldn't be that hard. Wow. Like, that's impressive. It wouldn't be that hard. Anyway. I'm just saying. So I'm guessing for all three of us, it's a buy, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oats. Jones? Yep. Did your opinion change? At all? Did it change? No, I mean, well, I, I know I, that I know the first time I watched it, I was confused, but I still kind of got the, the overall picture. This time I watch it, I've I'm a little old, I'm a lot older. It was 17 years ago. Uh, I understand oh, things differently. So, by definition, I would have to understand it better. Like things would have had to have changed, but it's still a good movie, and it was still like. You're just along for the ride, and you trust that the story is going to be told, and 
but not really, but in a good way. Right. All right. Yeah. You know, mine perception was kind of the same, except I really felt sorry for Teddy the first time I watched the movie. Uh, and Lenny, to be honest, I felt sorry for both of them. Uh, on this this viewing, I realized that, like I said, everyone in this movie is a pretty much a terrible person, except for, except for, uh, what's her name? Georgia Fox. Is that her name? Yeah. His except wife. for Georgia Fox. Yeah. Yes. His wife. She she was she was not an asshole, and she stands as the lone not asshole. I know. Eloquently put. <laughs> so. With that being said, who is ready for the next movie? Yeah, yeah I guess. Really? No excitement? Uh, <laughs> I want something the that's Netflix just The like... Netflix gods have given us Knucklehead and then Memento on back-to-back weeks. Well, I mean, I was excited How for we... Memento. I don't, I don't want to act like, you know, Netflix has just been, like, yeah. kicking us in the nuts over and over and over again but it's like uh, we s- it kicks you in the nuts twice and then it picks you up and like <laughs> yeah. buys you a, a jamba juice and then right as, <laughs> right as you're about to take a sip it just knocks it to the ground it's like hey fuck you buddy yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. that's what I feel like right now right 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 well coming up next week we do have a first for culture lust trying to think we have our we first done. Yeah, we have our first Tarantino film. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's Pulp Fiction. Years after the Civil War, a okay. bounty hunter oh. and his captive are waylaid by a Wyoming blizzard and hole up in a way station with six dicey strangers. It is 2015's The Hateful Eight, nice. starring Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Bruce Dern. Channing Tatum? Who's not in this movie? Good lord. Me. Me. I wasn't in it. B2 Jones. That's fair. (laughs) I'll edit your voice out. I said it first. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you like what we do, check us out on 7 Lily Sins. There's soon going to be some new stuff, different stuff on there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 7 Sins. You can follow our very own James, aka the Day Late Gamer, on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, I didn't get a stream at all like- this weekend because my um, I'm only down to one monitor again because fucking my power cables were four inches too short for my. Anyway, yeah, I'll be well, back up next week. Make up though. for lost time then. Yeah. If you like what we do enough to actually send us money, I don't know why well, you ever hey, do that. We'll love you, and we do have a Patreon that you can support us at Seven Nerdly Sins. Discord link to our chat, our community chat, is in the podcast description. For myself, Jones, what's up, James, and Scott, who yet again is not with us. He actually got called home to his uh, his actual home world of uh, Glibglorb. And he is fighting the evil dictator. We hope to, that he'll be back with us soon, safe, and that his weird, creepy alien race of people uh, will be saved. So, 
You better bring me a fucking Thank souvenir, you. dude. I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> he doesn't have any fucking space candy in his arm. I want a glorb glorb t-shirt. Yeah. He actually said that uh, he was gonna bring me back a date. So <clears throat> June 29th. June 29th. Yeah, it's your date. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I love you too. Nice. Is it June 29th? <laughs> Are you thinking of February 29th? No, June 29th, dude. That's your date. Really? Yes. Sweet. Marking it down. Right, awesome. Do it. Something's going to happen. Yeah, on, on June 29th, something really bad is going to happen. <laughs> That's a, anyway. that's a Friday, man. Freaky Friday. Let's do it. Oh, crap. I'm going to get my alien love on. Oh, yeah. Space Age. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day.